This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back to That Mill Podcast. My name's Omar. Joining me today, I've got Benjamin Green. Hello, mate. How are you? All right, mate. How are we doing? Not too shabby, thank you, mate. I mean, post three little defeat at home at the Den, I suppose. But, I mean, I've got Dan with us here. He's going to tell us about Plymouth away that time when we won. So, hello, Dan. How are you? <laughs> evening, gents. Evening, listeners. Yeah. Um, can we just talk about that for the next 40 minutes? I think that might be slightly more enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, sod it. We'll go straight into it. We're going to talk about Saturday's game, obviously, at length for a little bit. Obviously, the live show has been done about it as well. I spoke about that post-game. If you haven't tuned into that, make sure you check them out. But, yeah, we lost 3-0 at the day to Coventry on Saturday. And we're going to talk a bit, obviously, about today's game when you listen to this, which is Ipswich. And also talk about Sunderland on the weekend as well. But, Dan, I mean, Saturday, we obviously lost 3-0 to Coventry. What's your overriding feeling after that, mate? I mean... Glass half full or negative down at full swing or what are we saying? I'm actually going more glass half full, to be honest. We know what we're going to try and do it isn't going to be an easy thing to do, given the squad we've got and given what Joe Edwards is going to want to do. I actually thought we played some decent football at times. End product was certainly lacking. Maybe not even really Bradshaw, to be honest. Just getting the ball into the box was a problem. And uh, Ben's already smirking because I already mentioned the name Bradshaw. We'll, we, we'll probably have to have a discussion about that one later, I think, Ben. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a glass half full. But Coventry, I spoke to a couple of Coventry fans before mm. and they they said, you know, they thought that they were probably going to pepper a team at some point, just the way they've been playing. Ben said before the game, they were in a false position. And alas, that's what happened. The only good thing is Edwards has certainly learnt more about his team from that 3-0 defeat than a 4-0 than a win away at the bottom of the league, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, Ben, I suppose, lead on to you, mate. I mean, you know, Coventry are, obviously, they were in the playoffs last year, player finalists last year as well, weren't they? I mean, decent sides, you know, they're not, obviously, you know, they didn't get the playoffs for no reason last year. Obviously, no guy Cores, but you can see going forwards, and obviously we saw on Saturday the trouble we had defensively, they're no side to be sniffed at, are they? And probably gone a little run, hopefully, from now for them. But, I mean, I went overly shocked Saturday, but I think it was all the hope and anticipation, wasn't it? The classic move away, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. There was a massive sense of, obviously, off Sheffield Wednesday, everyone was on such a buzz. Another sellout, if we talk about that at some point as well. But, yeah, as Dan mentioned, they're massively in a false position, Coventry. I really like them. They're really good sides. Um it was a game that I looked at. I said draw on the live just because I didn't want to be negative Dan, but I did think we'd get beat. And everything that I watched in the highlights kind of came true. I mean, the first main chance they had was from us pressing them in their box and they made three passes and they and Bart's made a wonderful save. So, yeah, like I said, they're in a massive, massively false position in the league. They are a good side, but... We do just need to be a little bit careful moving forward that if we are going to play against these sides that are better than us and have better players than us, if we are going to be going full on press, be a bit more attacking with the defensive players that we've got and how slow they are, we need we need to be a little bit careful. But yeah, as I say, Coventry are a good side. I actually think they might do what they did last year and go on a bit of a run and nearly make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they obviously are decent. So I think I kind of... All this, you know, I was kind of quietly the same, I suppose, on Saturday. Everyone's, like, confident, you know, we just won 4-0. Away Sheffield Wednesday will be it. 
I, I was kind of the same as you, Ben. I think, you know, I didn't think we'd lose or in the in, in the style we did, I suppose. I didn't expect a 3 0 defeat. On the stats, I think you posted in the group the other day, Ben, didn't you? All like the kind of the Twitter stats where it was like um we had one of the most shots in the league on the on the weekend. We had one of the most shots on target, one of the most shots, you know, in the final third or attacks in the final third. I, I can't remember if you know on top of head what they were, mate. I, there was a few, weren't there? Yeah, the it was like I think, top five in the league for, for XG, most progressive passes in the final thirds, possession. I think shots on goal. So, I mean, look, yeah. they're, they're positive signs, right? Because as, as I said, when I put them in the group, they're not stats you'd have associated with us. We've gone full circle here, haven't we? When we've been under Harrison <laughs> Rowe, we've been like, that. them kind of stats don't matter. And now Edwards is here. We're like, we're all about them all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's what I mean. Because there's that point, like, it wasn't a 3-0 game. Like, I mean, it could have been 8-3 for all we know. Like, it, it, it's one of those, it was a freak kind of performance, I think. But I felt like going into the game, it was all this talk of like, let's focus on ourselves, let's focus on ourselves. So I was like, well, hang on, we're going to come against a side that's got a bit of talent in their side and can hit you on the break. And it felt like that was literally coming through his game plan. And all this talk about trying to condense the pitch and be close together, it's brilliant to hear. And like as a middle fan that's used so used to going into games where it's like, let's try and, you know, be pragmatic and try and not be, get beat and then try and edge it towards the end. We're so used to that over the last four years. And now we've got, obviously... Joe Red was in charge and it's like we're going to focus on ourselves we're going to try and condense the pitch and press high but I'm thinking we've got Jake Cooper at centre half and it's like you know this geezer has got to turn his circle with a double deck or bust do you know what I mean like I love Cooper to bits but not his game and that showed I think on Saturday but I suppose it feels like this season is going to be taking the rough with the smooth maybe it's the wake up call we needed I suppose Dan because we're not going to romp every game 4-0 but obviously winning 4-0 in your first game, that hope and anticipation is naturally going to be there, albeit it was Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? But I think that's kind of, in a weird way, I'm happy we had the wake-up call then because now we're going into a really tough game tomorrow, which we'll talk on in a bit more detail in a bit. But, you know, Ipswich away is going to be a very difficult game. And maybe that wake-up call after Saturday is maybe just needed at the right time in a weird way, I feel like. Let's also say it's not just the next game. The next four games are going to, all be very, very tough games. Um, I know us three did our predictions, didn't we, in the last pre-recorded show we did about how many points we, we might get. We might be revisiting that one rather quickly, I, I suspect. Yeah, can we re- can we look at those? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later if time allows. Um, but yeah, I think it is a good thing it's came now. Edwards has clearly seen now as well firsthand kind of the mental block that the players have of playing at home as well. The home form is, is a big problem. So... It's nice that he's seen that. He's seen the problems firsthand. Hopefully now he can start to put plans in place to get to the bottom of that. And yeah, as we said, good to get that wake-up call in early. Maybe shows him where, you know, I don't think he's going to have loads of funds to spend in January. I think it is going to be maybe a couple of low knees and maybe one or two permanent players. But I think he knows now where the most important areas to strengthen that squad is going to be. Just, just on the mental block that you mentioned there, Dan. Like, obviously, we, we, we speak about that, or it's all over social media in terms of the players having this mental block at home. Do we think is that, or are we? Is that fear of the den one not there anymore? Are we in a transitional period now, which where, where we are trying to be a bit more front foot? And I don't say one game, but are we now going to see it, it's not going to be as, as tight, but? Yeah, is there a mental block there or have we just not performed well? What do you guys think? You go to, to all the home games. So, would you think there's a mental block there? Do you think psychology, there's still a scar? I don't see it myself, personally. I I, I just think the atmosphere has always been flat at Den. So, I don't think, like, it's, it's nothing new to me. Like, in the last five years, Bradford at home, playoffs. When well, there's a big game, Everton at home, when we won 3-2. There's like that occasion, there's always an atmosphere because that naturally just comes into it. But otherwise, it's the players bring you into the game, and that's it as fans. And last season under Rat was the same. Obviously, we played Sutherland on the weekend and we lost them last year. Or did we draw in the end? It was it was we, a damp squid. Yeah, we drew at the den under against Sunderland, and like you know, there was like obviously the hope anticipation. The Blackburn game for periods in the first half was electric because the players turned up and only Burke decided to stick one in from 25 yards after darting down the right hand side, something he didn't do often last season. I think there's um, moments that bring you into the game as a fan, and that's no different. I don't, I don't really buy the whole. There's a block, but I don't know what you think, Dan. I, I don't think the players are scared to up at the den on Saturday because there's far from that kind of negativity from the first kick of the game. It's more so it gets half time. There's boos and groans. I, I feel like personally, I think they have kind because of that poor form. I think they have created that mental block for themselves. I mean, the last game I can recall actually going to and 
the atmosphere being like proper Millwall atmosphere and getting that result that we all, you know, kind of thrive off at home. I mean, you boys feel free to correct me. I'd, I'd say it was Sheffield United in February. Yeah. I mean, even Stoke at home, it was the players got over the line themselves. We didn't really bring them over the line this year, I don't think either. I, I, I don't think there's been that Millwall atmosphere for a long time, but that's not like something to be snobbed at. It's just there's no, it's not the same anymore. Like, but it's not, but they don't have, clearly they don't have a problem with going and playing away from home. So we've only lost once away from home all season, haven't we? I'd say the away fans are more critical than the home fans as well, to be honest with you. I know that sounds stupid, but when you're there, like, if you're getting battered, like, the players, like, they hear it more when they come to the away end than the home end. It's, it's I don't know, like, I don't buy this whole away, uh, the home fa- home being a problem. I, I just think it's, we've just been, teams sitting deep against us at home. Teams will sit back, wait for us, soak up the pressure. And if you don't get an early goal, you're going to get what you did on Saturday. where but teams because get te- teams play so often like that again, at the den, there's we've got to find ways to break them down. Rowett really struggled to find ways to break teams down like that. Even Harris, when we was in League One, mm. struggled to find ways to break teams down like that. It's now down to Joe Edwards to try and find a way to break teams down like that. We all hoped beating Rotherham when we beat them and, and probably even beating Stoke as well was going to be the catalyst to go on a home form, and it just hasn't turned out because I think both of I think we went and lost both of the next home games three nil after that. So I almost don't want to win a home game because I feel like we'll probably go on to lose the next one three nil after that. But it might sound unpopular, but if George Honeyman's kind of freak effort in the first half goes in, we win that game Saturday. And I'm pretty confident saying that as well. Like he hits the post and it gets crossed one in the post. Like, okay, we're leaving ourselves open still. But sorry again. That was at nil-nil, sorry. Yeah, it, it was at nil-nil. That's what I mean. Like if, if Honeyman's effort in the first half goes in, I actually think we win that game. I think you need that moment to go for you at the den. And then I think we probably end up winning that quite comfortably in a bizarre way. Although we gave away them chances as the game proceeded on. And I think at that point, they already had that one chance where they ran through on goal and Bart made a remarkable save, which we need to touch on, obviously, Bart's performance on Saturday because we lost 3-0, but I think he was our man of the match. But I think, you know, like, in a weird way, if we scored that early goal on Saturday, I think we would have comfortably won it. I just, I don't know. I feel like you need that kind of moment at home. But I don't, I personally don't buy that whole, the Dens uh, place where the players don't like to play now because I don't think it's that toxic. I'm there and I'm like, they're, they're try, we're trying to get behind them, but there's not a lot there to shout about really, to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, it's an, in, it's an interesting one. I just, I, another thing that I'd be keen to get your thoughts on for both of you is, our away form versus our home form now. And obviously you, you touched upon it there, Dan, and you kind of said that you don't want us to win at home because it might flip. But I do think this one thing that Rowett should be very proud of is how he changed our away form and how successful we have been on the road, really, for, for a long time. Do you, either of you guys have worries about us now going away from home and trying to bit, be a bit more on the front foot? Because, again, something I highlighted to my dad was as amazing a day of Sheffield Wednesday was, if you actually look back at the highlights, they had some decent chances. And Bart, again, made a couple of decent saves. And we kind of all said, if it was a better side, that we would have got, well, they, they would have, they could have stuck a couple away and it could have been a different game, right? So do you guys worry now that, that we're going to go there tomorrow and if we want to play an open game, we could just get spanked because we're, we're not used to one playing that open game and two, we don't have the players defensively to do it? Go on, Dan, you go first, mate. I think one thing that Joe Edwards has said that's quite interesting is that he's mainly came in and worked on the attacking side of things because of the structure and off the ball work that Rowett's done. He didn't feel like that needed too much work. Well, obviously, I think he's probably seen that now and go, right, that probably does need a little bit of work. I just think the biggest problem that we have when teams attack us, because it's something we don't have really at all and something most teams in this league have in abundance is pacey players. We just don't have them pacey players to be able to make them runs, getting behind the defence. So that's where I think the problem lies for us in terms of creating them chances. You know, Wednesday when they made them when they made the chances themselves, it was Bannon getting the ball in the midfield. They had that quick glad Musaba who missed their best chance, didn't they? From and that was from him using his pace to get in behind Murray Wallace. So I think the pace is a massive concern. And yeah, I just think that's something that obviously Joe's going to look to solve in the transfer window as well. He'll obviously have his contacts. But okay. Do you think Saturday was a freak though? So sorry, Ben. Like, but like you say about chances created, like we made an extra of 1.8 Saturday. I don't subscribe to extra too much, but it does give you an indication of how the game went. 
They had an XG of 2.9, by the way, Coventry, which we've not mentioned. But we made chances Saturday, Dan, and we probably and should have scored a couple on Saturday, judging by that. I've seen a score three goals in XG of like 1.2 before. So, like, I don't know. Maybe that puts, obviously, XG to where it is. But we had chances Saturday, and we did create chances where we could have and should have done better. Yeah, yeah, we did create chances. That was that's why I'm I'm looking at this from a glass half full perspective, because under Rowett, I don't think we would have lost that game three 0 But I don't think we I don't think we would have won the game. I still think we would have lost the game. I just don't think we'd have lost it by the three goals that we did lose it by. Overall, would you rather lost I'm... watching Joe Edwards Mill or Gary Harris Mill on Saturday? I did yeah, actually I I did actually enjoy watching the game a bit more now. If the season goes on and we continue losing games, then obviously that's going to be a problem because there is only so far pretty football can get you. So maybe I'm still riding the wave a little bit in terms of enjoying the football because there is only so far that you can go in terms of enjoying football and not winning matches. Mm, I suppose. What about you, Ben? If the results stay the same, I, I think I'd rather watch Saturday personally. But Yeah, yeah, massively. I, look, I think it's key to point out here, I'm not for one... He's had two games in charge. I'm just now just raising some questions that I've got around, yeah, this change of style. And we all kind of said it. It just, it seemed to me that the chances we created Saturday and the football we played already, we could, I could see what we were trying to do. Sheffield Wednesday, we could see what we were trying to do. In the final third now, we look like we have a bit more understanding of how we're going to create these chances, which for a long time, again, with Rowett, we, we kind of went, well, what are we trying to do in the final third? We're just trying to score from a set piece or a bit of luck or, or whatever it is. So, yeah, I'm I'm not... Look, the two games into the Joe Edwards era, I'm not for one um, criticising at all. Just, just just opening up some questions, really. But mm. yeah, look, he, he does need to find that balance. And he again, he said it in multiple interviews, right? He said he's got to try and find the balance of keeping that defensive solidity that we've had under Rowett, but trying to bring a more of a front-footed nature to it. He's getting paid the money to do it. How he's going to do it with the squad that we've got, that's, again, it's, it's a big question, right? Do you think if Gary Rowe is sitting there on Saturday, seeing them attack with two centre-halves, leaving Harden and Cooper back, and then watching the other four... Do you think Rowe is sitting there going, See, that's why I play through at the back, mate, by the way? <laughs> I, I, I agree. Like, I tomorrow in more detail, but, again, speaking to my dad, I was like, do you know what? You go there tomorrow. If Rowe is in charge, I go... Well, we could win that. We could just nick a 1 0 win. Like, we're going to sit in, we're going to get battered, but we could nick it. Is this my <laughs> chance to mention Plymouth away? That is my golden <laughs> opportunity to mention Plymouth away. We teed it up for you, but I, I look at tomorrow and go, if we're going to try and play open, expansive football against Ipswich, it concerns me. But this is my concern about re- when I kept going at Sheffield Wednesday to you, boys. I was like, I just hope he doesn't reinvent the wheel when I'm talking about Edwards. Like, they're, they're, they're good players at what they do, but it's also the side of how it shapes together over time. So, like, you can't just come in suddenly and then do 500 passes in the final half. Well, yeah, actually, we've done a lot of passes in the final third on Saturday, it, it, like, because they gave us the ball and let us do it. I, I think the first 17 minutes, I was like, I was enjoying this. I was like, I've not seen Cooper hoof the ball once yet. I think it's maybe the in-game management when we do go 1-0 down, maybe that's when it's got to change it or something, or that's maybe when he's got to kind of go actually, let's maybe mix this up a little bit more because we just kept doing the same thing over and over again, but that's how he wants us to play. And actually, I enjoyed watching us play that way. So I was not for one second growing it, to be honest, but ultimately you lose 3-0 in the game. But you, I think maybe that's what it is. It's like, is it a stubbornness? Maybe he's going too far the other way and that's what we've got to be careful of. But again, like you say, it's only two games, so you can't get too carried away by it, I suppose. But I mean, the goals we gave away were poor, but there was a carbon copy to a lot of them where we left them space or they got through on goal on the break and then Bart pulled off a save and then there was a rebound. Do you know what I mean? That was what felt like the echo of the game, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the first chance they had, I think we spoke about it earlier, the first chance they had was we had four players in their box, basically on their six-yard box, pressing them to try and win the ball. And they went one pass into midfield. Ben Sheaf made a great pass to Hadji. Hadji's three passes. And then we're defending one-on-one with Hadji versus, I think it was Coops. And you're just going, well, there's only one winner in that foot race. So mm. that's where you need to just try and draw that line. It's great being front-footed. I want to try and win it really hard the pitch. And we're going to play that way great. But again, we keep saying it. We need to find that element of in-between, I think, during this transition period. But then we also turn around and go, don't read as well. Like, we've got good players here. So fuck it. Let's give them a game. So it's like, it's that fine balance. You, I agree with you. But then... 
maybe if there's drummed into them over time, maybe we will have a more of an advantage over them. I don't know. He's only had, what, two full weeks of yeah. them, really. So it can't. Yeah. That's why I don't read too much into it. But then I'm going to Ipswich tomorrow and I'm thinking, fuck me, it can be a cricket score. But then part of me is like, well, we had the wake up call on Saturday. So you never know. <laughs> because, is it, I'm going to throw a question at you two now. It's something we discussed on, on the Sunday night show. It was, would you change the back four? If, if Edwards wants to play with this higher line, I know I've mentioned pace about a million times in in this show already, and I'm going to mention it again. But to play that higher line, you need quick players. Is there an argument that Ryan Leonard could come back in possibly to the centre of defence? Is there an argument that you would play Danny McNamara possibly as, as a left back or maybe him on the right, Brook Norton Cuffey on the left? I think when Stephen picked his team, I think he actually put Ryan Leonard in at left back. So is there an argument for you boys that... Leonard comes back into the team and maybe even Danny McNamara comes into the team as well. Cause I just feel like, I mean, for those of you who don't know, I've just came straight off an Ipswich show and that was basically, I, I don't like slandering Murray Wallace, but it was pretty much a Murray Wallace slander session. So <laughs> I felt for Murray Wallace on Saturday though. He, he was sold a short straw because it is literally go press the team and then you're one-on-one defending. That's what I'm saying. Like these players can't defend one-on-one, but you got, no. Drake, you know, you got Cooper, Murray Wallace, even Norton Cuffey, the, 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 ask them to defend one-on-one is suicidal, but then it's like, well, we're going to compensate for it by scoring goals. And on another day, we should have scored a couple of goals on Saturday and then we lost it 3-2. It didn't. It wouldn't look as bad then, would it? So, But, but what, do, what do you think on the defence? Would you possibly be bringing Leonard back into the team? I wouldn't be putting Leonard left back. I'll tell you that much for free. But... I, I wouldn't be putting Leonard. I, I, would, I would even be tempted, if he wants to play with this high line, I, I would be half. tempted I would be tempted to possibly drop Cooper. And I I think I picked my back four as Danny Mack at right back and then Harding and Leonard centre-backs and then Norton Cuffey on the left. Well, here's another thing for you, though. Yeah, I, I don't mind that, to be fair, but I think I'd argue as well, although I love the Norton Savile as a combination, if you're playing a mobile midfield, is there an argument for Billy Mitchell to be in there? Because Mitchell will get you up and down the pitch and keep going in the midfield as well. We've heard about how he gets up and down. He's one of the fittest players in the pit, in, in the team. And in pre-season, he's always making the front running and stuff like that. Maybe we need to mix up a midfielder, have more legs in the midfield as well. Because Savile, I love George Savile, but maybe if we're going from back to front and we're looking to play that kind of high tempo football, is George Savile the answer for that team? Probably not. Let's, I let, I'll tell you what, let's sit on this, let's brainstorm it, and then at the end of the show, we'll do how we would line up and we'll do score predictions for Ipswich at the end. Yeah, we'll, I agree. We'll sit, we'll sit on it, we'll give all, us, all of us a little bit of thinking time. Well, we've obviously spoke a bit about Saturday, but then I suppose it's which is the answer. And you've obviously sat through 15 minutes before you went online into the Ipswich show today. So what were the Ipswich boys saying? And what's the vibe they're saying ahead of tomorrow's game? I think they're a bit, they're a little bit nervous because they know obviously we're quite good away from home. They've had a little bit of a wobble. They're coming into this game off, off a defeat as well. But one thing that they all seem pretty confident on is their ability to score goals, which is something <laughs> they do at Portman Road. If you look at their... The kind of some of the wins they've had at, at Portman Road, it's been, we might go up there and score two, but w- they'll go and score four or five at Portman Road. It's going to be, we're just at Portman Road, we're going to score more goals than you. That seems to be their, their strategy when they play at home. So, so Dan says that, and I'm instantly going to head-to-head and seeing it, which is recent form. So since the turn of the year, they've um, played Stoke Home 1-2-0, played Leeds and lost 4-3, played Scarlet from 1-3-2, played Blackburn and 1-4-3, Played Wolves and won 3 2. Played Hull and won 3 0. Oh my Christ. This has gone under the radar for me a little bit, and it probably shouldn't have. It shows how much I've played <laughs> pace in other teams. They played Preston and won 4 2. Plymouth and won 3 2. They lost 3 1 to Fulham in the Cup, and then they beat Swansea 3 2 most recently. So they've pretty much scored three goals in every home game, near enough. Dan, I've got a match ticket and trade ticket going for 25 quid. So you can take it <laughs> off me right this second, mate. Have it. <laughs> At least Stratford at four o'clock tomorrow, mate. It's yours, have it. <laughs> I mean, you're guaranteed goals here, mate. Jesus you Christ. You are. <laughs> I think it's... We're conceding. Not that I'm a good punter, but I'm thinking both teams score by pass tomorrow. I'll put that one out there now. I wonder what the odds on that is. <laughs> but what do you think hearing that, mate? Talk to me about Ipswich. <laughs> um, I was concerned about it before we come on and we were chatting, but... Uh, yeah, that that varies me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, as you said, Matt, that's gone under the radar for me. But Ben, um, we've not lost since Norwich, so you know. That was no, it's true. We have only lost one away game yeah. this season. Come on, 
Well, I mean, you got, you got going through it with a bit of confidence. As, as you said, look, this isn't all doom and gloom. We did. It wasn't like we we lost three 0 We didn't struggle Saturday. We did create chances, and as you said, mate, a different Honeyman's goes in. It's a different game. I think the first goal is going to be very important. Looking at that tomorrow, if we can go one nil up, will it change it? Will it chase? Will they start chasing the game by the sound that, of it? That yeah. is one thing that I I must like list off all their scores and in. Not in all of them, but in most of them, they have conceded goals. But the, my, is that a glimmer of light? My, my my concern is, as we like to to speak about on a regular basis, we don't exactly have the most prolific centre forwards available to us. So are we? Hang on, is this is this you giving Tom Bradshaw some slander? I've I've seen Omer's head suddenly moved up. Right <laughs> <laughs> now, he hasn't. He's he's not exactly prolific at the minute, is he? But neither's old uh, Nisbet. So and, and Fleming's not exactly bashing him in. So. Yeah, that, that's my only concern, is are, are we going to be able to take advantage of any defensive frailties that they have? Don't even, don't, don't, don't. I was too, um, I, I was surprised you didn't give me too much of a nibble on Saturday when I, I think I texted halfway through the first half. I've had a few minutes <laughs> pre-game, but I'm like, Tom Bradshaw can't fucking turn when he gets the ball at his feet. And I was like, hang on, I'm going to text Ben right now. <laughs> Yesterday, when, when everyone was like, just moaning about it, I went, I'm not even, I'm not even defending him. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, one thing to note on Saturday, Ben is obviously our northern correspondent, so he wasn't, wasn't at the den. And he did put a message into the group chat about 20 past three and said, how are we playing? I was like, attacking-wise, not too bad. We're having a lot of the ball, creating a couple of chances. Defensively, questionable. And probably within the, within the next minute, I think they scored. Yeah. <laughs> You gave us a kiss of life. <laughs> I, I, I had to go back and retype in defensively very questionable all of a sudden. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I think this is... I've this got is a bad more... habit of doing that this season, actually. I've done it. I, I messaged my mate and my mate's like, how's it... I messaged him like literally during the Leeds game. I was like, this has been a tough watch. And two minutes later, I had to go back to him. A very tough watch all of a sudden. So maybe I just need to stop messaging everyone during the game, to be completely honest. But are you surprised we lost 3-0 Saturday? I know we're talking about Ipswich, but are you, lost, are you surprised we lost 3-0? Okay, 3-0 maybe is a surprise, but I'm not surprised that, you know, nearly a sellout, ramping it up, ramping it up. We will always lose at home when it happens. This is what happens, right? But then I also we're wouldn't be surprised if we get a result tomorrow, which is what that we, idiot We are party, we are party peepers, aren't we? We like a party peeper, Omar. That's it. Or the Acabusters, as they like to say. We are an Acabuster. I think we are that sort of side. Oh, we are a serial Acabuster, to be fair. And if that is something to hold on to, it's why I'm going to be sitting on that train tomorrow, going up to Ipswich, thinking, we're going to fucking do it. We're not, but we could. <laughs> uh, based on this conversation tonight so far, we've said our centre-forwards aren't prolific. You've already called both teams to score, so he's going to go both teams to score in both halves. Tom Bradshaw, anytime goal scorer, and Millwall, Millwall result at full-time. I'll tell you what, I'd take 6 four. I'd take 6 for Ipswich tomorrow. If you told me right now it finishes 6 for Ipswich, I'd take six get four. C4 goals. I, I would take 6 for Ipswich right now. <laughs> you just would, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it could be worse, it could be 6 0 with Switch, and that's the fear in my head. I mean, they've got good players, haven't they, as well? I think, you know, even like the youngsters they got on loan from like the likes of Chelsea, Amari Hutchinson, and stuff like that. They've got serious players in there, Dan. Yeah, give me, some, would... give me some more insight. What else were they saying? Come on, I want to know what I, they were saying. They, they did say who, who's the main concern, and I said. Connor Chaplin. I think yeah. anyone who's kind of looked at looked at Ipswich this season, I think he knows that they know that he's the danger man, and he's exactly the type of player that we struggle to defend against, just because he's really quick, really good on the ball, and he'll pick up them kind of pockets on the edge of the area, um, which seems to be the kind of no man's land between our defence and midfield. So that seems to be a problem, and also their wing, their right winger. Sorry, Murray Wallace. Do you know what's scary? They've scored thirty six goals all season, and Connor Chaplin's only got six of them. So like, it's like, and he's their top goal scorer. There's goals. I'm about to say, yeah, that they, they, <laughs> goal, they, they just breathe goals, that team. So. I think I'm feeling you with so much confidence, Ben, ain't I? <laughs> I think ben, ben might be... Oh, he's here. Oh, he's here. Northern he's in, and out. in and out. Can you put 50p in the meter, mate, and come back to us, please? Yeah, I need to top up the meter. Sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just sat here listening to all this going, for fuck's sake. <laughs> At least you're um, not going, Ben. At least you get the comforts of Sky in your own living room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. No, look, we we got to go into it semi-confident and just hope we catch one on off day. Can we go for that? 
Yeah, that's exactly what we'll go for. <laughs> we like catching teams in their off day. Yeah, we'll go with that one then. I mean, they lost 2-0 to West Brom at the weekend. Come on. They're going to want a reaction. There is that. <laughs> but they're, they're good at home and we're good away. So, where, Omer, you've got your phone there. Where are they in the home table? Oh, they're like top two, I think it was. So I'll tell you right now. Yeah. That makes sense. They are in the top two of the league. No, yeah. So they're, they're joint first with Ipswich. So, yeah. There you go. Ipswich are joint first with Ipswich. Okay. No, sorry. With Leicester. Sorry, Leicester. Oh, I've forgotten a few weeks. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Don't worry, Omi, you're stupid enough to go to Ipswich. I'm stupid enough to go to Leicester, so it's fine. But this is it, mate. This is why you take a half day, because I know if I finish at half 12, I can consume about eight pints at least by the time I get to Ipswich. Then I can have four more pints before, after that. And then the result won't matter at that point. I'm just going to be like, you know, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, right? <laughs> And if that's not how you live in a middle way day, you're doing it wrong. I'm just putting it out there now. Because <laughs> then if you win, it's the best feeling in the world. If you lose, you're pissed enough to not care. <laughs> and then you wake up the next day, you go, did that really happen? Did we really lose 5-0? Yeah, we did. <laughs> what, are you, what are you feasibly expecting though, Dan? Like, What, what are you really, what do you, what do you think we're going to get? What, what's going to be served up to I us? do think there's going to be goals, but... Should we go for I, I, what our team's going to be now? So what, what do you think is going to make changes? Oh, Let's speculate. Oh, we, we've had 10 minutes. Do you, want, do you want me to go first? Because I pretty much did yeah. it on Sunday anyway. Right, I'll, I'll go I'll first. So, so I'll go with um, Bialkowski in goal. Um, it's going to be... I'm sticking with 4 2 3 one. We have discussed other formations. I don't think he's going to do that just yet. I'm kind of going to pick the... I want to kind of pick the team that Joda is going to go for, but defence, I'm just going to pick the defence I want. So the defence I want is Danny Mack at right back. Um, Harding and Leonard centre halves, and Brooke Norton Cuffey on the left. I'd stick with Casper and um, Savile. Uh, go SA on the right, Watmore on the left, probably Fleming in the 10, and this bit up front. See, the one I definitely agree with making a change is SA coming in. Like, I actually feel like a footballing game, because Ipswich do play football, like, and they're going to have a go. I feel like the likes of SA. Even a Maku could. I be... think you've got to start one of them. I can understand not starting the other one because Watmore's coming back to fitness now, and I think mm-hmm. we've seen enough of Watmore on his day to know he's a good player, but we just don't see him on his day as probably often as we'd like to. But if I think gonna... he probably should have a start tomorrow if he's fit enough. I agree, and if we're going to have... assume that players are going to have chances and like kind of they're going to come at us, and we've got him on the counter attack, the likes of Fleming, the likes of Vesse, the likes of Maku are going to make a difference. I really do think that. Um, ben, what, what do you reckon, mate? What, what sort of changes do you think you'll make ahead of the game against its switch? Well, I'm just looking again at what the side was Saturday. Do you know, I'm struggling. I do, do and I get the point for getting SA in. Do we think he? We're anticipating Ibs is going to have more of the ball than us. I'm, I'm assuming they, they played decent football. Is it a game to start SA where we're not going to have as much as the ball? I'd get the going forward piece. I've probably got my Gary Rowett hat on here, haven't I? I think, <laughs> do, do we start Longman again just because he is a bit more defensive and, and can help Mazza in that in that left wing position? I like Honeyman. I just, I just, he gives us energy. Again, I think he, he, he stays in the side, certainly for a game like tomorrow. I don't really, I'm not bought into making changes like putting Norton Cuffey left back and bringing Murray Wallace in or playing Leonard left back. I just think that's, that's so unbalanced for me. Mm. Um, I know, just if, don't think you can persist with Murray Wallace after the game he had. But the other yeah. catch 22 is who who on earth do you put there? The only well, other natural left back we've got at the club at the minute is Adam Malachi. Yeah, how far um, away is um, Joe Brighton? 
God knows. But no, we haven't heard anything. We haven't heard Diddley score pretty much. We haven't heard anything which assumes he's 100% out for tomorrow, right? Mm. And he's off. Yeah. We'll I, don't, I don't think we'll see him till the new year. He'll be my in a potty coffee shop tomorrow. My issue I've got with Malachi is, obviously, we've seen him in and around the, the first-team squad just from the pictures and the videos on, on the website, but he wasn't even in the squad, sadly. He played 45 minutes for the youth team on Monday. But, but that's my point, Dan. So he's... Edwards would have now seen him for a couple of weeks. If he's played for the youth team and he's not even in the squad. Yeah, that's true. Is he now going, well, he's, he's not he's not going to be, he's not good enough. He's not ready, whatever he thinks. If he would have come in, he would have been in this. Or if he's going to be waiting in the wings to come in for Mo Wallace, he would have been in the squad, right? That's, that's true, my concern. yeah. Fair do, point. Do we even I... have him to change it? But as as Stephen said, I don't think I don't think I don't think it could have been any worse than Murray Wallace was at the weekend. Players have bad games though. If, if I back anyone to come back from a bad game, it is Murray Wallace. Oddly enough, I know he's had a lot of downward turns since he won Player of the Season a couple of years ago. You know, and I I get that, but I do think if I back anyone to play out of a bad form or a bad game, I do back Murray Wallace to come out of that the other end. Also, he's not a left back. Like he's not a natural left back. So I do feel for him in a sense there. And now he's suddenly been a championship left back for the last three or four years. I, I don't know. I do feel for him in a sense there. Yeah, I, I have done for a while, mate. To be fair, he's, he's kind of made that position his own, isn't he? In in a sense of he's not he's not a left back, but he's tried to play left back, and he's kind of learned his craft to get mm. against. Uh, wingers in the championship where the championship level of ability has only gone up in recent years. Um, he did. I mean, look, he had a good game at Sheffield Wednesday. Let's not forget that. So I, I know he hasn't been great for a while. I don't know who plays wide for them, but I think you said, Dan, that they're... Uh, Wes Burns plays on the right and I think they said it'll probably be Nathan Broadhead on the left. Good players, right. man. Good players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both Wales international. Everyone's players going forward. Yeah. Right? It's now. I just... Yeah, I, my, yeah. I, I just don't. I think if I'm gonna, if I had to make a decision between playing Norton Cuffey left back, bringing Danny Mack in at right back, or playing Ryan Leonard, I'd probably go with Ryan Leonard. I think that is a that's a very valid point. To be fair, I also threw possibly the point of I don't. I know Harding's obviously played at fullback a lot in his career. I don't know if he, he's played at right. I don't know how familiar he is with the left, but if if he's played on the left before, is that is that possibly an option and bringing Leonard back into the centre half role because. I thought Leonard, up until his injury, probably would have been in my top two for player of the season vote. Yeah, I mean, I won't disagree with it. I mean, oddly enough, none of us have mentioned Sean Hutchinson. Are we assuming Sean Hutchinson is now just right off now under Joe Edwards and not going to get a game? Assuming we're going to play the style play. Is that the end of the likes of him or what do you I like just feel, I just feel like he's, he's, he's kind of heading towards his Alex Pierce kind of stage of his career with us now, to be completely honest. He's a great player and I think having his leadership around the dressing room, at least until the end of the season, I don't know when his contract's up, um, but at least having it till the end of the season is only going to be beneficial, I think, for for Joe while he's trying to bed in and get the players to do what he wants to do, to have someone who knows the club as well as Hutch. But I just think in terms of playing this new style of football, I don't think Hutch is going to be what he wants. He's not a game. We spoke about pace. He's not the most mobile of centre-halves going. Hasn't never really seen him play brilliantly when he's had the ball at his feet. And on top of that, injuries are just a constant problem let alone he's now because he's 32 33 now well let's change you too much we won two out of four games when when Sean Hutchinson was in I'll take a 50 percent record when he played at the start of the season I, I agree with you and I, that's why I'm saying I wish you and that's it with Sean Hutchinson because you're asking to cover ground and play high up the pitch that's not his game and I think no. that's the same with Cooper so it's like you're gonna have Cooper because he's the younger option and he's the taller option offers more maybe in the other opposition box and more defensively in a sense. But I'd argue if like you was going combinations and it wasn't a height threat, part of me would go with Hutch and Harding, for example, because Hutch is that leader at the back compared to Cooper. That's one thing Hutch has going for him there. We've not seen him play for a long time, so I don't think I'd throw him in a deep end for Ipswich away personally. But I think there is still a place for Hutch there. I don't know what you think, Dan. No, not Dan, sorry, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm again. I'm kind of fifty-fifty with Hutch. Like, yeah, I hundred percent. I think he's he's well worth his place in in the squad. But I do tend to agree with Dan now. I, I think he's just going to be coming into his Alex Pierce role now. I just, I, 
think pace is going to be the biggest thing. But what keep... is that based on? Back to both of you there. So what, what is that? Because like, why is it the Alex? Because we've not seen Alex Pierce performances from Sean Hutchinson. I, I don't think we have. I we've just think seen, the, not, he's getting he's getting seen... older. That's so the Sean main Hutchin, thing. So Sean Hutchinson was here, and then he went to here, but he's not down there. Where Alex Pierce yeah, went from Alex Pierce went from like middle ground to very low ground very quickly. I've not yeah. seen a very low ground Sean Hutchinson performance for him to be coined. He's in his he's Alex Pierce era. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm completely up, I can't wrong through there, but I've not yeah. seen a Hutchinson performance where I'm going, oh my days, Hutchinson's passed it. He's it's not that he's not been great, but he's he's not been like terrible like Pierce was towards the end, Ben. I, I, I don't know. I, I disagree with what you say no, there. I don't I, not performance wise. I think more now, I just think the amount of time he's had away in the last again, the last year, isn't he? He, he comes back, he'll have four or five games, then he'll get injured again or ten games. Do you know what I mean? We, we can't seem hmm. to keep him fit or he can't seem to keep himself fit and is that age now just keeping up playing too much of a part on on his body we we, we don't know I'm, we're only guessing right but I'm just thinking now and when I say he's Alex Pierce role I just mean do we need to move on from a, what is he 32 Hutch 33 I think uh, do we just need to move on from a 33 year old Sean Hutchinson and say you're in and around the squad still a, a bit part player but <laughs> Yeah, if we're going to play this again, high line pressing football, do we want Hutch on the half turn chasing wingers and, and, and centre forwards? I just, I don't know. I, agree. If that, I completely agree there. I completely don't agree. We're going to see the best of Sean Hutchinson. So that's all I'm basing it on, mate. I, I don't, for me, say uh, an Alex Pierce role, I don't think it's based on his performances per se. I think it's more now his injuries, his age, yeah, and the style of play now that he's going to be asked to potentially do. In terms of footballing, I think he's a very good footballing centre half. When Rowett came in, he was one of he again, he was one that was playing passes into the midfield or quite playing decent balls out wide. I, I think he's a good ball playing centre half. I just think, as I say, the way we're going to play now and set up, I don't think that lends to a 33-year-old Sean Hutchinson and his seeing the best of him. So I do, I do agree. I just, I just challenged the whole Alex Pierce era now because I, I think it's hard to disrespect someone. That's, he's been here what seven years now, I, six, seven years. I, I also I feel, think, feel disrespectful to put him in the Alex Pierce role and just say I also it, think I've think not that's seen a testament. enough. I, I'd say that's a testament to how far the club's got came that we're already saying he's in his Alex Pierce era. So I'm saying he is better than where Alex Pierce was. But I think in terms of the quality we've got in the squad, it's harder for him because okay. the squad is better than what it was. I think this is getting interesting then. So, who's a better central defender, Wes Harding or Sean Hutchinson? Genuine I questions think, to the pair of you. I, I think right now, if, if you were saying who would I rather have when they were at the peak of their powers, I'm saying, I'm saying Hutchinson. But I think right now, for what this squad needs, I'm probably going to be picking Wes Harding. He's better on the ball and he's quicker, which is two things that we that you need probably to be more of a modern-day centre-half. And I think you're going to need to be in a Joe Edwards team. True. I don't disagree. But... I, I, I think would say, terms, I would say Hutch is a better defender. I think he might be. He might, I'm not saying Harding's a bad defender at all. I'm not saying Hutch isn't a better defender. I think in different circumstances, like I think if you said to me, who would I rather start a game, Harding? If you said to me, you're winning one nil with five minutes to go, who would you rather bring on, Harding or Hutchinson? I'm saying Hutchinson every day of the week. I do like Harding as well, by the way. I'm not disrespecting Harding in that sense, but. I mean, Ben, if anything, we're going to find out what Hard is made of. He starts tomorrow against 25 goals at home. It's which I suppose, right? <laughs> and look, I, 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 this is no, I'm, your question is just a, it's just a talking point. It's by no mm. means stating Harding, right? Because he's, he's been superb for us this year. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, again, probably with Dan. I think if it's a peak of their powers, I'm going with Hutch all day. Right now, who do I pick? I think you just have to pick Harding because. Between Hutch and Coops and Murray Wallace, that's looking like a very slow back. <laughs> Could you imagine if we rock up with that back three tomorrow against players like Chaplin, Burns and Broadhead? And, and so, you're going to have Norton Cuffey bombing on down the right-hand side, playing in the six-yard box, leaving them three exposed. Carlos it's, Edwards is still knocking about as well in the non-league. Yeah, as well. Bring him back oh, and then just get that back four in. Murray Wallace is. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah I just, What's Sean Cummings up to these days? <laughs> Bring back Danny Sender. Danny Sender was a top right back. We could make a team full of right backs. Alan Dunn's still got a bit of fitness being a punch. Yeah, Gavin Hoyt, Justin Hoyt. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but yeah, I I, 
uh, yeah, with, with the Hutch thing, it's an interesting debate. I'm just very much in the camp of there's there needs to be an end of a cycle. And I'm not saying he's been a bad player because he's been a fantastic servant for the club, but we're in a fresh new era now and the football we're trying to play is different. Is it going to lend itself? Even Coops, that's a conversation. Like, those sorts of players, like we, I think we just need to change now who we are trying to go after, I guess. I think that's what I think the one thing we'll all agree on is the number one target in the in the January window. If Charlie Quez was available, I'd put anything and everything on sign Charlie Quez on the January window. What that is or what that materialized to we be or whatever. We put in two and two together going his England set up Joe Joe um I honestly think he would be uh, if you're looking at that team and how he wants to play and how you know trying to condense the lines and play out from the back and all everything that adds up to Charlie Queswell signing in January. I'm not saying that means we're getting him, but if you're Millwall and he becomes available, even if it's like overstretching your budget a bit, you've got to get Charlie Quezzle in that window. Are you talking about signing him? I'm all as in... In every sense, whatever um, way he's available I'd, in, mate. I'd be, I'd be shocked if his agent's already not on the phone to Millwall trying this to... This is what I mean. He's not even in the matchday squads, is he, Dad? He's not even in the matchday squads, is he? No, I don't believe. No, no, he's got to be getting splinters in his bum, to be completely honest. It's ridiculous. It's, like, yeah, he's not on the bench, is he? And look how good he was for us when he was on loan last year and how good Cooper was next to him as well. Like, I think, personally, I'm, I'm, to end the Hutchinson thing, I think he's, he's getting written off a bit unfairly in this in this call, in this in this, in this this podcast as well. I do get the rationale behind everything you boys have both said, but there is no argument there that you guys have put to me to suggest that Hutchinson's actually passed it, apart from the assumption he's 33 and he's passed it. And we're all assuming Cooper should be the option there. Cooper's just signed a long-term deal. And I actually don't disagree with what you boys are saying. Everything there is suggesting Hutchinson is the one on the way out, but I've not seen a single thing from Hutchinson say that he's written off just yet. And I do think we'll see him back in. I do think he's get his opportunity. And I also think he's the type of player that he gets his opportunity and then we're all like, fuck me. Remember, it, how, yeah. remember how good he is. But then also, three games later, he'll get injured, which is Sean Hutchinson. That's the problem. And that's why, like, I, yeah, I don't disagree with what you boys are saying, but it's just a bit, I feel it's a bit unfair on the Hutchinson bandwagon there, personally. But anyway. Just to be clear on that, I did say last year, I thought Coops and Hutch were the best centre-half pairing in the league, near enough. <laughs> I, 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 and, and they were, and they both... And yeah, yeah. I don't... There was a period where Rowett and we were doing so well that there, there weren't many sides I didn't think either of them would get in. That's how highly I rate Hutch. Mm. But I just think now, with the way that we're playing, I think, yeah, as I keep saying, I just think it lends itself now to a different... Natural progression of the... Yeah, story. I think so. Yeah. We, you, you have yeah. to come... I keep saying, you have to come to an end of a cycle... Even the Ryan Leonard's of the world, like he's fantastic, he's brilliant, but we can't have him out for two thirds of the season because he's always injured. I know this one's a freak one, but it, 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 we've said for the last probably two years, oh, he would have won Player of the Season though, if he weren't injured. But we've already, already ruled out that line in this show. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's an armored star, so it, it, he does get injured, unfortunately. So there needs to be a point where we go, we move on. Bradshaw ain't scoring for us. He's 31. Okay, we need to move on. Clip that. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Clip that. Lucky for you, Dan. I'm editing this one, so I'll, I'll make sure that goes out there. That's going straight on our socials tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, this is, I suppose, that's it, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned Leonard there, but is Leonard going to look as good in a, in a Joe Edwards Millwall side compared to how he does in a Rowett Mill side? I don't want to go on these debates too much or too long, but do you think Leonard actually looked that good? Do you think he looked that good because he was in a Rowett setup? Like, is he going to look at, you know, if we're playing that sort of style of play? Yeah. I like is it. I think he's athletic. He'll get I think so too. I think so I too. Think but... would be fine in this system. I hope so. Maybe is there an argument with someone like Casper next to him? But I had a problem last end of last season with Leonard and Savile being in our midfield. I thought having them two in there, we kind of lacked the control because I thought they're with the way Savile's kind of changed his play style. I thought they were kind of two similar players. Is there an argument that maybe Leonard could come in to that? Midfield two in front of the defence alongside Casper. Potentially, I mean, I want Billy Mitchell to get a chance under Joe Edwards and see what happens personally. But I don't see why not. You want Billy Mitchell and Danny McNamara back in proper wall players? Of course, mate. Four four two Brexit Millwall. There we go. That's it. <laughs> in terms of Billy Mitchell, though, compared to Danny Mac, I mean, this isn't a Danny Mac slander show, but I don't mean. Right. Enough technically to to be to force his way in front of Joe Edwards. Sorry, force his way 
in front of Norton Cuffey for Joe Edwards. But I think Billy Mitchell is technically good enough to be able to do it. Do you know I think I mean? so too. I think he, Billy Mitchell is going to get his chance and it will surprise us. But we've not seen Alan, Alan Campbell yet either. He's not even played a minute under him. The amount of opportunities we get down that right-hand side and poor old Danny Mack just humps it straight into the stands or doesn't beat the first man. I think Joe Edwards would end up having a heart attack. You'd probably saw Alan, Alan Myers on as, he's, as, as a right-back. <laughs> Or just think, Ben, like, you know, under the right tuition and the right coach, Danny Mack could be in for a shout for the Ballon d'Or next year. You never know, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, possibly. possibly. And if a pig's I'm... just gone flying past outside my window, mate. <laughs> if, if I'm betting out to who do I think has got more chance of succeeding in the Joe Edwards side, I'm going my house and car on Billy Mitchell. I'm not going to bet you back on that one. <laughs> That's a bold statement, to be fair. It is a bold statement. I do think I agree, but that is, that is big stakes. Yeah, true. I mean, so. maybe, I, maybe I should bet you on that because I don't own a house at the minute, so I, I could be quids in it. He's got more of a chance of coming at right back than Billy Mitchell getting into midfield and playing more banks. Sorry, say that again. Do you think Danny Mack's got more chance of getting in at right back than Billy Mitchell has in a Joe Edwards Millwall team? I think I don't think it's. I think Mitchell was the more likely one, and I won't disagree with that. But I don't think Danny Mac's story is over just yet. <laughs> right? Mitchell had a spell at right back once. There you go. Kill two birds with one stone. There you go. The team would get him a right back. <laughs> no, but no, not all situations. I just think he's in a, Again, the way we're going to want to play now, I think the technical players are going to come. They're just going to come good, aren't they? Or they're going to see. You're going to see more benefit out of the more technical players. We 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 all. I've said it a million times. Danny Mac's great defensively. He's a great, he's a great right back. He's not a, he's not a great right wing back or a wing back. Which or is... we lose our next four, and then suddenly we need a middle type performance, and then Danny Mac and Mitch will both come back in, and then we go on a run. I'm not massively against playing Danny right back, uh, Danny right back, and playing Norton Cuffey in that further mm. position. I don't. Yeah, I've got no no issues with that. As long as you say to Danny, you're staying at right back. Do not move from right back. <laughs> and I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, as well, to be honest. I think one for one defender, he's very good at that, but going forward is his problem. And that's yeah. why he's not That's why he's not in a better side than Millwall, as we always yeah, call yeah, him. Yeah. Defensively, he's, again, one-on-one, he's, he's, he's up there. He's, 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 a, he's a very good right back. Whereas yeah. we keep saying it's in that final third that he need, needs to improve. Definitely agree. I mean, I feel like we've made a 50-minute shout-out somehow for this. And if everyone's listening enjoying this, and there's lots of conversation in there, pipe in into what you guys have made of it. And obviously, where you'd disagree with us, I suppose. I mean, the main talk point I feel like we got onto inadvertently there was Sean Hutchinson. Um, we did want to talk about Sunderland, but I feel like we've talked enough about Millwall <laughs> and all, all of our, our strengths and weaknesses at this point. Yeah, we haven't spoken about anything, but we've spoken about everything. Yeah. Well, this is it. This is this is the flying... just free, doesn't it? But this is a fly on the wall podcast where you're sitting in having a chit chat because this is what we should be about. I feel like because that's the reason why I do this personally because it's just debating me all with people that are like minded. So, well, I mean, here, before we move on to, to the eventual conclusion of this show, I'm just going to shout out by the way, Mill FC Argentina, who's just tweeted. Um, if you don't follow him, by the way, he does tweet, he's very funny. He's just tweeted, goal, um, 89 Bradshaw, Ipswich 7, Millwall 1. <laughs> <laughs> Ends on the pitch if that happens. I think it's not. It's not. It's not scary. It's not unreasonable to think that as well. <laughs> do you know? It's this, I'm, do you know what? I do. I do okay, we're coming to conclusion here, Dan. And you've set me up quite nicely for it. Then, what is your prediction for the game? away to Ipswich people listen to this on the way to Ipswich and they're all thinking the same as us and they've listened to us 50 minutes thinking cool it's going to be 8-0 Ipswich but what is your prediction mate for this game I know <laughs> I do think to be fair I have been pretty positive but the positive is going to have to end now so I, I think <laughs> I think I think I think it's, it's going to be a decent performance uh, I, I think we'll lo- I do think we'll lose 3-1 though I think there's we'll be well in the game but I just think they'll probably I think they'll go two up, we'll get one back and then we'll go we'll go gung over for it and they'll knock us out on the counter attack. Ben? Two all. Oh, I'll take that right now, mate. Honestly, he's gone for I, a Desmond. I would I would take a Desmond in a heartbeat right now. I'll tell you what, I'll take a two. Yeah, right yeah, they, they they score goals, but it seems like three goals. So So Ben, I suppose this this leads us on to the next big question of the night. 
I was just said he'd love a Desmond. He'd take a six-four loss. <laughs> Omar, what is your score prediction, mate? <laughs> I would take a six-four loss. I stick by it, but I'm gonna go Mill two. It's which nil. Danny Matt to get by. Oh, he's, there he's you go. Done <laughs> he's done it. <laughs> Joe, what's on it? You've got a loss. He's gone draw. We're gonna win it. We're gonna win. We're gonna shit house it. We're going to win one nil. They're going to go down to ten men the first ten minutes and still be the better side. And then we're going to win in the second half one nil. Did someone say shit house in a two 0 away win against the newly promoted team? If you just teed it up for me to mention, I went Plymouth away again. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to win it one nil, one nil Millwall, and it's going to be back against the walls. And somehow they've not going to score and have an extra of seven, and we still won it one nil. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> To be fair, Bialkowski's going to want to have an absolute worldie, isn't he, against his former club? Are we assuming he's starting? I don't, I don't think we really spoke about that too much, but he's yeah. starting, well, right? Sark- they said Sarkic was back, but he isn't on the. He wasn't even on the bench. So, and I think he, despite losing three 0 it'll be incredibly harsh to drop Bart. So, for me, so, um, he keeps his place. He stays in for you as well, Ben. I reckon. hundred percent, mate. If, if, it, if it wasn't for Bart on Saturday, it would have been seven. He's, he's made. Three or four unbelievable stops. So yeah, you can't drop it. And we don't know the the, the, the sockets where where he's at, right? He obviously wasn't in the squad, as Dan said. So yeah, be be interesting to see what we do moving forward because the way Bart is playing, it sounds stupid after a three-nil loss, but he, he did he did he did he did help us um, <laughs> not make it look embarrassing. So um, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't be dropping Bart. I'm going to finish this on a positive note for us now, boys. Two two stats now about Joe Edwards. One, he's got a 50% win rate. That must be one of the highest, if not the highest, managerial win percentage in the club's history. And two, he's still got a positive goal difference. You missed a very important one. And a third, he's got a 100% win rate away from home. Oh, here we go. <laughs> We're winning tomorrow night then. <laughs> and with an average goals of four. So, it's saying... Um, and we also won our last trip to Ipswich on New Year's Day, 2019. Where else do I need to finish before. here? And also we won just Someone go and get Tom Elliott. I saw us score the best goal ever in pre-season when we won 3-0. Or Phoebe scored it in pre-season. Our first game back allowed to watch them. All right, there you go. George Evans even played well at the game. So if there's any omens in the sky, oh, okay. it's going to it's gonna happen. It's going to happen today. Nah. I'll tell you what, it'd look all right in the, in the, in the, in the Joe Edwards side. Oh, steady, Ben, steady. I'm the one. I'm the one drinking here, mate. Not you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. for Wrexham. Sorry, Evan. I think he's playing for Wrexham. Yeah, I think he's playing. Where's Tom Elliott actually at these days? In all seriousness, has he got a club these days? Yeah, you asked the question, and people will probably tune out by now. So I might as well quick look, see where he is. Let's have a look. Tom Elliott, footballer. Google search tells me Tom Elliott plays for. Any guesses before we go? No, well, he was at what, a couple of years ago. He's got to be in the National League or something like that now, hasn't he? Supposedly he's got no club, according to Wikipedia. When was the last time he was employed by a club? Bradford City online. Was that end of last season? 2022. And I've retired. He might have done. <laughs> if he has, he hasn't announced it. Tragic times. The streets will never forget Tom Elliott. <laughs> maybe I was about to say, maybe we need to put an appeal out for Tom Elliott. Maybe maybe we have our show title after all of this. Where is Tom Elliott? Tom Elliott, if you if you want to come on the show and join me, Dan and Ben, you're more than welcome to join us and talk about Leeds away when you scored that third goal on a three three draw. And a four three win. He scored the third goal, I don't forget. <laughs> no, no. He scored he actually scored twice against Ipswich. He scored against Ipswich in the three two away win at Portman Road and also the four three loss at the den. I remember him scoring some very good goals for us, honestly. He's, he's an absolute baller. So this is a crime. Tom, if you're watching, it, mate, this yeah, this is an appeal for you to come on the you. show. So what, what are you doing tomorrow, Tom? Can you get up to Portland Road? <laughs> we, we need you at a right back. <laughs> I will bring his kit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then that's us for today. Um, Dan, thank you for joining, mate, as always. And yeah, roll on. Thank you very much. Good, crack, away, good right? crack as ever, chips. Uh, good crack as ever, chips. chaps. And, uh, chips, chips. chips. I'm hungry yeah. now. This is what they've done me in. No, good show as ever, chaps. And uh, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy a little trip, Imer. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be back again. I mean, we'll, we'll do something to reflect it, whether that's after the game or whether that's Friday. In the chat tomorrow, I won't send anything apart from an emoji at full time. And that'll sort my mood. Well, we know which one that's going to be, judging by the one we get most of the time from you as well. (laughs) I don't know where he's going with that one. I don't know where I've got to go with that one, Ben. Unfortunately for the viewers, we we won't be able to show it. Otherwise, we will get demonetised. But Ben, for the sake of Ben and Omar, I will refresh your brains.
<laughs> ben, thank you for joining me, mate. As always, as always, as well, mate. Enjoyed that, mate. It's always uh, good to have a chat. It didn't really go on uh, on script or overly on topic, but um, yeah, look, we, we we do it to have a chat, as you said earlier, mate, about um, all things Millwall. And if it doesn't go in 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 script order, it's always good to have a have a laugh and yeah, chat to you, fellas. So yeah, enjoyed that. If there was a script, it didn't reach me anyway. So there you go. <laughs> if you've enjoyed listening, guys, or enjoy watching on YouTube, be sure to comment and react to anything you said in the show. If you've got your start at 11 for tonight's game away to Ipswich, by all means, please add them in as well. And uh, yeah, Sean Hutchinson, is he over or not? <laughs> Thanks for being, guys. Catch you guys soon. Check out on socials at that mill pod, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for that. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.